Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 195. Fire Nation, this is Dr. Julius Hibbard. Prepare to ignite. <laughs> Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, let's thank our sponsors for allowing us to keep Entrepreneur on Fire daily and for free. With GoToMeeting, it's easy to stay connected from wherever you are, whenever you need to. Try GoToMeeting for free for 30 days by visiting gotomeeting.com, clicking the Try It Free button, and using the promo code FIRE. LegalZoom is an incredible resource for all entrepreneurs. Protect your business and support Entrepreneur on Fire by going to LegalZoom.com, finding the right services for you, and entering FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Justin McCarthy. Justin, are you prepared to ignite? I am ready to ignite. (laughs) All right, I love it. Justin has over 20 years of experience in media, technology, startups, and investment at Google, DoubleClick, Condonast, New York Times Company, and Time Incorporated. With a lineup like that, I can't wait to hear his journey. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Justin, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to know all about you, and then tell us about your business. Sure, happy to. Uh, First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I love these kind of shows and podcasts are great. I listen wow. to quite a few of them. Thank so, you, uh, Justin. So I'm excited for that. Um, just in terms of uh, background, I think you pretty well covered it. Uh, I've definitely been a person who's always focused on the written word in one way or another, uh, starting as a, uh, you know, as, a, as a writer, call it a failed writer. Uh, in the early days, uh, right, right, right out of college, I, I kind of saw myself wanting to be a uh, a bylined writer for the New York Times or one of those lauded companies uh, that are seem to be going away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but that then migrated into this uh, you know this explosion on the web of all these great sites and services and products and the like, and uh, and that might that moved me into. Uh, companies like Condé Nast, it was a, a, a huge publishing company, obviously, but fledgling in the online world back in the in the mid '90s. And then I, I dove fully into the the internet pool, going to DoubleClick and then Google, and and I really haven't looked back ever since. As far as uh, location, I, I'm a born and bred New York City guy. Um, yeah, but I just moved, uh, I say just, I moved a couple of years ago to San Francisco, um, to, uh, to run the company that I'm at now. So that's, uh, as an East coaster, as a New Yorker, that has definitely been a, um, uh, a change, uh, but it's been, it's been, uh, as many things as, as I've come to expect growing up in New York that aren't here, there are just as many things that are here that I never expected. Not the least of which is, is, is the weather that we're experiencing that I know is very different than, uh, than my friends in New York are now experiencing. So, <laughs> um, the other thing I love to tell people is, uh, you know, we used to, we used to drive out to Long Island for, for, uh, for weekends in the city 
and a lot of people did that out to the beach. And, and it, you know, it could take two, two to three hours to get out there. But more than anything else, it would take about 45 minutes just to get out of the city. Oh, yeah. Which is just, when I think about that, it's crazy, but that was what it was. Here, if you drive 45 minutes in any direction, you're, you're just in an entirely different place. In New York, when you do that, you're in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> you're two miles away. That's right. That's right. In bumper to bumper. So I still love it. I still miss it. But, uh, but uh, it tells you a little bit about my background, kind of how, how I think about things. No, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. And I can relate to your journey on some levels. I used to live in Tribeca, right in the Hudson. And I moved out for a couple of years to San Diego. So just like you said, it was shocking to me to, you know, when I was going out to Montauk or wherever on the weekends back when I lived in the city, compared to when I was in San Diego, I would walk literally two blocks with my surfboard tucked under my arm and be surfing waves five minutes later. So there was <laughs> quite a difference there as far as what it meant to getting to an ocean or a beach or things along those lines. So that's definitely cool. And Justin, we're going to use that to transition to our first real topic, which is a success quote. It's kind of our way of getting the motivational ball rolling here at Entrepreneur on Fire. So take it away. Yeah, I've got a lot of them, actually. But the one that resonates most and actually uh, has the most impact even today is, uh, for me, it's in the end, you got to have the goods. Uh, that was always a big, big mantra in my family. And I always thought of business in that way, that you, you just can't really fake it. And uh, that's an interesting thing. It's, I think it's even more, you know, as I look out in this really virtual society that we're in, in many respects, you know, with tweeting and Facebooking and blogging and what have you, I think those are all great tools in balance. Uh, but they get dangerous when you, you know, you start to believe you, you know, you've read a blog and you believe you can split the atom. Um, it's kind of like the Cliff Notes version of the actual experience. And I think it gets, uh, uh, you know, it's always, it's always good to keep in mind that there's, you know, there's, you can't exactly, you can't fake it, essentially. You got to have, you know, you got to have the substance. And so that's, for me, in the end, you, you got to have the goods is a, is a nice reminder. So who can we attribute that to? It sounds great now, but I, you know, uncles and father, my father and, and uh, brother, we all kind of had you had that one. Perfect. A I don't know where it came from. mantra. Um, yeah. We'll yeah. leave it at that. But Justin, take us down to the ground level just real quick. Share with us how you've actually applied this to your current business or just your everyday mentality. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, no one's perfect. Uh, and I'm certainly not. Wait a second. If you're not perfect, we have to stop this interview. Let's right cut now. it. Let's cut it Done. here. That's not it. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, good, uh, it's a good baseline to, to kind of remind you that you, you know, more than anything else, you, there, there's really no shortcuts. You have to put in the hard work um, and you have to, you know, you're going to fail probably a heck of a lot more than you're going to succeed. And, and that's okay. I think, you know, I think, uh, I think the first time I heard that line was some, some athlete was on television and then I love this athlete and, and uh, yeah, he was doing a dance or he's doing something and my father came out with that line and I didn't, it didn't really make sense to me then. It makes sense to me today just in the, in, in the notion that, um, you know, you, there's constantly what appear to be easy shortcuts as you build businesses, as you hire teams, as you, you know, look for your first customers and what have you. And there are good hacks out there 
to try and figure out ways to to make things easier. But they're they're not necessarily scalable, right? So even you know if you if you take a look out there at, at, at some great advice from some good entrepreneurs who've been really successful, they'll describe these hacks along the way. Hey, how do you, you know, you're building a marketplace, how do you get two sides going at once, for example? And there's all these little hacks on how to, how to do that, but they're not necessarily, these are things that, that are, are meant more as a test, as a proof of concept. They're not necessarily meant to build a business on. They're thin, um, and you only really build a business, if, but for some few examples, I suppose. You, in my mind, you only build a business by some of the, you know, some of the lessons and and um, uh, and focus that that are pretty age old. I think more than anything else, and that is that you're, you know, you're doing the hard work and you're you're doing what's required to 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 build a sustainable business in a really smart way. So, Justin, let's transition to our next topic, and that's failure. That's challenges, obstacles that as entrepreneurs we face so many times along our journey. Share with us a time when you failed, when you faced this obstacle that you had to dig deep to overcome, and then share with us how you overcame that. Well, you know, I think uh, for for me, there's been plenty of failures along the way. Um, And there's, I mean, very recent and, uh, and all of them seem (laughs) <laughs> they they seem more uh, lasting and painful in some cases than than you ever thought they could, and somehow you you find your way through them. Uh, but I think the one the one constant for me in any of the businesses that I've uh, worked at um, or or been a part of is is just managing sort of the people management side of of building a business. And I think you know there's a lot of talk around that, and, and I think we we at a high level everybody understands that that's important. But for me, you know, being on the employee side, being the guy who's you know just a contributor in a in a much larger organization, I've done that, and um, and then I've been in a much smaller organization where I'm running that organization and and trying to make the pieces fit. And I would say failure to me is really recognizing the you know those times when the it, whatever that it is, is not working. Um, and, and whether it's a product, whether it's a group, whether it's a division, whether it's an individual, uh, whether it's you know, the, your, your revenue model, what have you, it's not working and it requires change. And the change, generally speaking, is uh, that person that you hired, you, you need to let go of. Uh, you need to find a replacement. You need to shut down that group, whatever it is. And I, and I think this, you know, people will answer that question in different ways uh, for their particular business. But it's just, it's just that, you know, for me, the most lasting lessons along the way have been the times when we've had to restructure staff, reduce staff, you know, cut folks, let let people go, close divisions, what have you. You know, those are those to me feel a lot. They feel as as acute a failure as you can have as anything because they're, they're reminders that there was a time when, when you set off to build that product or that division or that group or that, you know, that business line and you had with all good intentions, the belief that that was going to be really successful. So Justin, you're being a little abstract. This is about your journey as an entrepreneur. So really take us down to the ground level and talk about a failure or a challenge in a story form that you've actually encountered at some point. Sure. Well, 
I, I guess I'd, I'd point to those, you know, that, that abstract that I just described, the two instances that are, are most, uh, the biggest lessons for me. One was at DoubleClick when we built this big organization and we were rolling along uh, and then the wheel started to fall off the bus. Uh, and this was 2000, so, so the dot-com bubble had kind of popped. Right. Uh, and, you know, we had a team of 60 people and we were literally, I would say, we were monthly cutting another 10 people, oh. another 20 people. Uh, but, you know, that was, th- that's one of those things where everybody understood the implications of the business not being as successful as we thought it would be, you know, and larger issues. So no one felt badly about that. I would say my experience at Turn Here, again, along that thread of restructuring and reorganization was, you know, looking at a business, j- joining Turn Here, coming in off the board, joining Turn Here, and looking at, uh, a side of the business, which was this brand sales business, where we, quite frankly, we had high, high expectations from a revenue side, from a strategic side, what this business would do. And we had 10 people in this organization and, and the numbers just weren't there. And we, we not only, we didn't pare that group down, we, we, we shut that group. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a big, big moment when you're looking at you know, roughly at that time, that was that was anticipated to be a third of the revenue of our organization, and we didn't just trim that group; we we shuttered that group. And I think that you know the really really big moment there, the lesson learned for me is, you know, the numbers don't lie, sure, but there's also there's always this nagging, at least for me, there was always this nagging sensation or this this bug in my ear that was saying, well, you know, maybe we should just give it a little bit more time. Maybe we can round that corner. Maybe maybe business will start to pick up. And I think it's that internal dialogue for me that's always, that's really tricky. And that's from an entrepreneur perspective. That's the thing that, that dialogue never goes away. Mm, that is great insight. Yeah, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I af- or is it just me being afraid of, of pulling the trigger on what seems to be the apparent choice here, um, as difficult as that might be? So... Uh, how's that work for you? That was perfect. Thank you for sharing that like real time at double click when things just, like you said, wheels were falling off and things had to happen. You had to pivot and adjust and try to make things happen. So many companies and so many businesses went through such similar fluctuations during those times. It was just a time of change and a time of really powerful movement. So let's use that to transition to our next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum. It's the aha moment. So Justin, take us down to the ground level again in a time in your journey when you just had this moment, this light bulb that went off, the clouds parted, the sun just shined through and you said, wow, this is going to resonate with my target audience. And then share with us how you turned that moment into success. No, I, I wish it. I wish it opened up in the skies, <laughs> got blue and, and it was just a painting of, the of, birds uh, were singing. of ingenuity. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't quite that way, but again, it's the, it's the, and I think entrepreneurs feel this a lot. They're constantly, their own mind and that dialogue in their mind, at least for me, have, has always been running. Right. Hey, this seems like a really good idea, and, and you keep coming back to it. And I think I heard somebody say one time, if, you, if you're not thinking about that thing in the shower, you know, three times a week, you, then it's not real. You know, it's got to be, it's got to keep coming back to you. And, and for me, Smart Shoot, one of the big aha moments was, and this was a tough pill to swallow, to be honest with you, is one of the big aha moments was that we were, we, 
I say we in headquarters, uh, the small team that we have in headquarters, was was really the blocker to our own success, and, and that was a that was a hard one to to fathom. But really, what it related to was we had this you know we had this marketplace. We had all creatives on one side, and we had customers on the other side, and we played operator in between these two sides. So anytime one called us, we essentially took notes on what they were asking for and then we called the other side took notes on what they were what their answers and solutions and ideas and pricing was and we went back and we went back and forth in a really manual way and the aha moment was it may be obvious today it wasn't as obvious to us back then but it was we need to get the heck out of the way of this thing and let these two sides talk to each other directly and and that was you know our whole business had been built on being the operator being in between. And so essentially what we were saying was we're getting out of this call center manual intermediary business and we're going to build a product that's uh, seamless and polished enough that it lets these two sides talk to each other in an elegant way that solves each other's problems. And, And that's tricky because, you know, there's a lot of safety in being able to clean up a mess when you just jump on the phone and get two sides on the phone and talk to each other. But actually having to have the product handle all cases and all scenarios, good and bad, uh, that's a lot of pressure and, and very different than where we'd come from. So the aha moment was, it was twofold. It was one, we're going to get the heck out of the way of being the middleman. And two, we're going to build a product that allows these two sides to talk and allows them to, to do business well beyond the kinds of business that we were currently offering. And at the time, we were just offering small business videos uh, business, that is to say, video on-location videos for small businesses. And we were essentially going to let these two sides talk to each other about video, about photo, about TV spots, about interviews, headshots, anything you can think of behind a camera. Uh, and so the product really needed, you know, we needed a single focus to uh, to build a product that would satisfy both sides. You say it's so obvious now looking back at it, and that's just such a powerful lesson for entrepreneurs. And We've actually had Eric Reese of the Lean Startup on Entrepreneur on Fire, and he really put it so eloquently as these obvious moments don't happen until you actually just get out there and start doing things and just start that ball rolling. If you had never actually been the middleman, you never would have realized there was no need for this middleman and stepped out of the way. So it's by getting out there, by making mistakes, by getting feedback from everybody that's out there, your customers, your clients, your team, and continuing to evolve, that's how you're going to become better. So extremely cool aha moment, very valuable lesson learned. Justin, have you had an I've made it moment? <laughs> Never. I'm, I'm, I'm from, uh, I'm from uh, like I said, I'm from the East Coast and uh, <laughs> come from a New England background. Oh, my, yeah. my family uh, is def- definitely that style and you've never made it. <laughs> That's just a DNA thing. Um, uh, so I don't know. My father's, you know, he's coming up to his 70s and still working and I don't think he's made it so um, you know there are there are moments when you have great days uh, and I think you know for us around this marketplace and this product that we launched and we launched it in in October uh, of 2012 um, one of the one of the moments that was a great moment it wasn't an I made it moment it's a hey there there actually isn't a there here uh, and that was when we when we started to see our first jobs come over, you know, come through the product, 
And the second moment there that felt like, wow, this, this thing might actually work is we started to see creatives pitching for those jobs. And we saw this neat dialogue happening between customers and creative. And, you know, prior to that, we, our belief was, geez, if we weren't in the way, this, these two sides would never know how to talk to each other. You know, it was a little bit like the, the office space, uh, uh, you know, the movie Office Space, where they, uh, you know, the guy's describing having to, he doesn't let engineers talk to, to customers, and he doesn't let customers talk to salespeople, and he's the middleman, otherwise the whole thing would go crazy. That's kind of how we thought about it until that first day when we started to see this interaction and, and we were right. We didn't need to be involved. And so that, that felt good. That gave, us, that gave us more strength and more encouragement on our, you know, our next 120-day roadmap. So. Absolutely. And I love your description of the I've made it moment with the region because I currently live in New England. It's just so prevalent when you look around. I mean, my father's the same way. He's a lawyer. He's in his mid-60s, he'll never retire. I mean, he just is going to keep on cranking. And it is just that mentality that does seem very pervasive. And I love asking this question specifically because I always get different answers. And some entrepreneurs just say, John, I will never have an I've made a moment like yourself. Others say, John, I have an I've made a moment every single day. So there's just this wide range of answers because I think everybody looks at the question differently. And for me, it's about the journey. It's about those milestones that you're hitting along the way, those accomplishments. And it seems like you are enjoying your journey, Justin. Is that a true statement? I am. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days when you are, yeah, I think I, I've read up a, uh, Andreessen Horowitz, I think Ben Horowitz wrote a blog or, or maybe it was Mark Andreessen, I don't remember, but it was basically just, just that lonely, you know, that the entrepreneur's life is a really lonely life at times. Um, and I think that's partly because, you know, those successes are amazing in this, this rapturous moment. <laughs> and then, you know, 24 hours later, you lose a customer or, you know, the, the product freezes or something happens. That's, that's a end of the moment, end of days, this company will never succeed moment. And we're, you know, we're further along than that. There's, it's, it's a little smoother than, than, both ends of those extremes. Uh, it's more forecastable, I would say. But still, you, you, you constantly get the highs and the lows. I love, I can tell you this, I love what I'm doing. Uh, I know that I'm, you know, I just, I love working at small companies, particularly companies that do not have a, it's not a guarantee that they're going to succeed. And every drop of sweat you put into those companies gives it more of a chance to succeed. But again, no guarantee. I, I just like that. I, I always appreciate that more than working at companies that have certain success or have been successful forever. Uh, and you're just kind of a, a, a cog in the wheel uh, or a wheel in the cog or, or whatever it may be. <laughs> um, I just, uh, it's just something about it. it Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an ego thing. You know, if I'm honest with myself, it's, it's you want to be a contributor, a core contributor. And in the startup world, you get to be. Uh, and and that, that cuts both ways. When you fail, you were the core contributor. And when you succeed, you were, you were part of the core contributor as well. So That's great stuff. And speaking of success, you have so many things that are going on right now in your world. Pull out one thing that's really exciting you and share it with Fire Nation. To understand our business, just quickly, it's, it's we connect professional photographers 
and videographers and filmmakers to customers who are looking for their services. And what's really exciting to me, just, you know, in the, what are we in the third decade of the web here, yeah. um, is, is we're, we're moving into this visual web, you know, this beautiful web where it, it, is, it is a prerequisite that if you are going to start a business, you're going to have a product that is elegant, that people like to use, and that is generally speaking is visually appealing. And if you don't bring those things, there's almost no point in starting. You, you know, you, get, you, you wonder whether a Craigslist could exist today if it was launched today, you know, versus a Fab or a Pinterest or something like that that just has this, you know, it's, it's, it, you're, you're, it's got this sort of visual magnetism. You, 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 you want to consume it. And we're on this, you know, we, we offer a visual experience. We offer, generally speaking, I mean, we're, we're creating hundreds of Kickstarter videos for the next batch of entrepreneurs. And we're creating, you know, we're doing on-location photo shoots that are headshots of management teams who've just come out of Y Combinator companies. And, and uh, you know, all of these animated explainers that you see on these websites that explain the product. Why do you want to use this product that you've never heard of? A lot of these come from us. And that's really cool. That's just this, that gets me really excited is that we've got this incredibly talented pool of creatives in our network, you know, over 15,000 of these folks all around the world. And we're moving into a, into a web experience, a consumer web experience that demands great content, great visual content. And so I just get excited about, you know, being able to do, you know, a thousand times the content creation that we do today and, and a world that, that is starting to require it. It's pretty cool. Powerful. Okay, Fire Nation, we're going to quickly thank our sponsors who allow us to bring Entrepreneur on Fire to you seven days a week for free. Are you waiting for the perfect time to start your dream business? That time is now. LegalZoom and Entrepreneur on Fire have partnered up to make sure you get started right. Whether you're setting up an LLC, S-Core, sole proprietorship, nonprofit, trademarks, or copyrights, LegalZoom takes care of you from start to finish. Their award-winning service was developed by the best legal minds in the country, and every business gets personalized attention. One stat that I love, Fire Nation, is 90% of LegalZoom customers would recommend LegalZoom to their family. There is a disclaimer here to note, though. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can connect you to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. Let's sum this up. If you're an entrepreneur and want to ensure you are protecting your business, call or visit LegalZoom.com and protect what's yours. Make sure to enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout for additional savings. With GoToMeeting, it's easy to stay connected from wherever you are, whenever you need. Meetings are an opportunity to share ideas, problem solve, and develop creative solutions. But if you're like me, your team is spread out in different locations and coming together can be an impossible task. Unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. Just click on a link, turn on your webcam, and you're instantly connected to your team. You can share the same screen to collaborate on documents while seeing each other face-to-face in HD. It's so easy to launch or join a meeting from anywhere using your computer, phone, or tablet, and you can now present from your iPad. When I need to take my virtual assistants through a new system I've developed, I launch a meeting, 
walk them through the entire process, answering any questions, and they will even have a recording afterwards if they need a refresher. Fire Nation, this is a no-brainer. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code FIRE. Remember, use the promo code FIRE. So we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds, and this is where I get to ask you a series of questions. You can back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? A mind-blowing, huh? Well, let's give it a shot. Put the pressure on. <laughs> what was holding you back, Justin, from becoming an entrepreneur? Probably a lot of things, but, but logic, you know, rationality, probability. Those, those are feel of, fear of failure, I mean, any of those things. It's just, you know, the odds are against you. And so rational thinkers, you don't, why get into something where the odds are so stacked against you? Most startups fail, and they fail big. <laughs> and so that's, that was what was holding me back more than anything else. They fail big and they fail loud. They fail big, they fail loud, they fail embarrassingly. You know, all the things <laughs> you can think of, there's just, there's, uh, but, you know, I think the underlying thing that gets missed is there's a lot of lessons learned. Yeah, it's hard, hard to learn those lessons at the moment when you've just felt that failure. But, but yeah, that's, that's what I think what holds most of us back. Yeah. So what's the best business advice you've ever received? Ask more questions than you answer. Uh, I think that's a really, really big one. I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I don't know where I fit on the spectrum of talking versus listening, but probably more on the talking side. And, and I think the best advice I've ever gotten was, was listen more than you talk. Um, you just, uh, you know, people want to talk. And you can soak up a lot of good info um, and learn a lot rather than knowing it all because none of us do. As an interviewer of successful entrepreneurs, I can vouch that people like to talk. Yeah, I'm sure. So, Justin, what's something that's working for you right now? We do, uh, we do a weekly stand-up with the company that I think is, um, it's, it's, it's kind of that there's no agenda moment. <laughs> and it's, uh, we really encourage people to, you know, to lob in any sort of comment that they have at any given moment. And I think we've done a pretty good job of fostering that sort of chatter. Nice. Uh, so people feel comfortable with what seem like incredibly non sequitur comments. You know, you're talking about, hey, guys, so, you know, we've got uh, such and such client coming in next week. And someone will throw out, a, uh, you know, did you hear about this website, this competitor that's out there or what have you? And we get into it. And I think that's, you know, I've, I've worked at companies that have successfully had that sort of culture. And it's hard to build. And I think we're getting there. But, but part of that is just that, that listening first kind of mentality. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? You know, I, I actually don't. I'm a, uh, I'm a pretty boring uh, internet user. In, and I, I would say I would be lost in this world if I didn't have uh, Google's suite of tools. And maybe it's, you know, because I work there and I spend a lot of time with them. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a Gmail first and then I use Tasks through Gmail and through Calendar and Google Voice. And boy, if, if that, uh, you know, if their uh, products died tomorrow, I would, I think I'd be scratching my head. Thinking <laughs> about what, I'd probably go back to a notepad at that point. Well, Justin, that is a phenomenal resource that I will put on the show notes page. If you could recommend a book to Fire Nation, what would it be? Born to Run. 
Oh yeah, Christopher McDougall. Yeah, my wife read that. She's a she's she was a competitive runner in in, uh, in college, and uh, so she you know when she was reading it, it was she, I thought it was more for like competitive runners. No, it's an it's an awesome book. Really, really cool about the Taramara in uh, in Mexico. Just these super elite runners who. It's just, it's fascinating. It's so amazing. Uh, it talks so, sort of all about, uh, you know, how Nike began and the marketing of that company and and more how we as consumers buy product. And then, you know, we're looking at these at these guys who are essentially running in sandals and uh, and crushing us, <laughs> <laughs> which which and they're running over, you know, just hundreds of miles. It's it's just amazing. Um, but it's but it's also it's a really good lesson because we're I think we as a as a Western industrialized comp- country, we we think of ourselves as so technologically proficient. And these guys are just kicking us all over the track, which is which is pretty cool. So, Justin, this is the last question. It's kind of tricky. It's my favorite, though. So take your time, digest it, and come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? First of all, I'd sign up for LinkedIn, because I I assume I don't know anybody. And I, I would start to... In my own mind, I'd start to think about, you know, you ask any entrepreneur, they, they've got a dozen ideas of things that they want to do. And I, I'm, I'm no different. There's, there's a bunch of businesses, a bunch of ideas that are really, I just think are really cool that I've been thinking about for a while. And you just never have enough time. So I'd, I'd start to prioritize those. And then I'd, I'd probably sign up for LinkedIn and meet up in a, you know, I'd, I'd want to, it's just amazing to me how and it's obvious you read it in every business book that you've you've ever picked up but it's amazing to me how important the first couple of hires are in in your organization and so i'd prioritize those ideas i'd get in front of as many people as i possibly could and then i'd try and build a really tiny team of people to go after one of those ideas either mine or theirs or a combination of the two um but yeah, that's probably what I would do, I, it, which is interesting because it's no different than, than what I've been trying to do for, mm-hmm. the, you know, for the last couple of years. But um, yeah, I, I do that. And then I try and figure out in your, in your sort of identical earth world, was I able to pick up a lottery ticket from, <laughs> from the old earth that applies to the new one? <laughs> I, I, I guess not. I guess not. Oh, so Justin, hire slow, fire fast. I love that as well. So you have been so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Give us one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. One of the beautiful things about technology today, and specifically the world that we live in, you know, where at, a, at your fingertips is any piece of, seemingly any piece of information you could ever want. Um, and access to anybody you really ever wanted to connect with. You're, you're one degree separation from most people as an entrepreneur, probably, maybe two degrees, which is amazing. Um, but I also think it, it, can, it can mess with your mind a little bit. It, it's almost osmosis. It, it gives you a, a, a belief that you're closer to having accomplished something than you actually are. 
Um, and I don't say that to, to, to pour cold water on entrepreneurs. I think this, there's no better time to start a company than today. But what I would say is the, the principles of starting a company that are really important are, haven't changed much. And, and they come from things like reputation. They come from things like the quality of your product, of what, of what you're delivering. They come from relationships. They come from a lot of those things. And, and just because you're, you know, you're following someone on Twitter or you're a Facebook friend of that person, that doesn't mean that they're going to answer the call uh, you know, that you need, you know, whether it's a capital call or whether it's a, you know, a reference call or what have you, Th- those relationships are built over time and they're, they're fostered because they deserve to be. Um, and so what I would ask, I would, I would tell entrepreneurs to focus on at least what I try to do myself is, is, you know, it's a, it's a long process. Um, it hasn't changed a lot, but it's still the basic blocking and tackling comes down for me to, you know, what do you do? You know, how do you how do you comport yourself? What are you delivering? What kind of work are you putting in? Is it is it good, honest, smart work? Because uh, that's the kind of stuff that comes back and and uh, and pays dividends. The the sort of shortcutty uh, moments. And I don't think we're there yet, but but I feel like we're we're close to there of of cutting corners and and uh, not building things scalably and and what have you and. So I would say to entrepreneurs, you know, focus on your business religiously almost and, and work smart, but, but be proud of what you do. Uh, think scalably and, and, and more than anything else, don't cut corners. And what's the best way we can connect with you? You know, I'm on Twitter. Um, so Justin MCC. And, um, and I definitely, uh, 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 Justin McCarthy at smartshoot.com. Absolutely. Um, and post, post a project on SmartShoot. See, see, see what, what you think of our product and let us know where, how we can improve. We're always looking for, uh, for good feedback from good entrepreneurs. Justin, you have been so kind. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, do you have the next big idea for a website but don't know where to start? Visit Spindrift.com to find out more about sweat equity-based crowdfunding. Spindrift is where entrepreneurs can trade share in a project with the developers, marketers, designers, and investors they need to get started and funded. Visit Spindrift.com today. That's S-P-I-N-D-R-I-F-F.com. Dream, collaborate, fund. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.